Hello, my friends. On May 8th, 1970, that was the 25th anniversary of the Allied victory over Germany in World War II. And it was also just days after President Richard Nixon expanded the Vietnam War into Cambodia and Ohio National Guardsmen shot dead four students during anti-war protests at Kent State University. On that day, May 8th, 1970, a riot broke out in New York City. I heard about it when several friends from New York who were active in the anti-war movement, they phoned me later that day. To characterize them as upset understates their condition. Around noon, near the intersection of Wall Street and Broad Street in Lower Manhattan, more than 400 construction workers, steam fitters, iron workers, plumbers, and other laborers from nearby construction sites, including the emerging World Trade Center, they attacked around 1,000 student demonstrators, including two of my friends, protesting the Vietnam War and the May 4th Kent State shootings. The workers carried U.S. flags and chanted, USA all the way, and America, love it or leave it. They began chasing the students through the streets, attacking those who looked like hippies with hard hats and weapons, including tools and steel-toed boots. As David Paul Kuhn reports in The Hard Hat Riot, the police did little to stop the mayhem. Some even egged on the thuggery when a group of hard hats moved menacingly toward a Wall Street plaza, a patrolman shouted, Give them hell, boys. Give them one for me. The workers then stormed a barely protected city hall where the mayor's staff, to the hard hats' rage, had lowered the flag in honor of the Kent State dead. They pushed their way to the top of the steps and attempted to gain entrance, chanting, hey, hey, what you say, we support the USA. One reached the roof and raised the flag. It was a small precursor to the attack on the US Capitol more than a half century later. The workers then ripped down the Red Cross flag that was hanging at nearby Trinity Church because they associated the flag with the anti-war protests. They stormed the newly built Pace University building, smashing lobby windows and beating students and professors with their tools. More than 100 people were wounded. The typical victim, a 22-year-old white male college student. The one in four of those who were assaulted was a woman. Seven police officers were also hurt. Most of the injured required hospital treatment. Six people were arrested, only one construction worker. My friends escaped injury, but they were traumatized. I remember them describing the rioting construction workers as a pack of animals. Nixon's chief of staff, H.R. Haldeman, wrote about the riot in his diary. Quote, the college demonstrators have overplayed their hands. Evidence is the blue-collar group rising up against them, and the president can mobilize them. Patrick Buchanan, then a Nixon aide and a future presidential candidate, wrote in a memo to his boss that blue-collar Americans 
quite literally, quite candidly, are our people now. Peter Brennan, who became one of my predecessors as Labor Secretary, was then president of the Building and Construction Trades Council of Greater New York. After the riot, he claimed the unions had nothing to do with it, but that workers were fed up with violence and flag desecration by anti-war demonstrators. At Nixon's invitation, Brennan led a delegation of 22 union leaders, representing more than 300,000 tradesmen, to the White House. They presented Nixon with several hard hats and a flag pin, after which Nixon praised the, quote, labor leaders and people from middle America who still have character and guts and a bit of patriotism. After the 1972 election, Nixon appointed Brennan to be labor secretary, and Gerald Ford kept him on after Nixon's resignation. The United States in the 1970s was torn apart after years of political assassinations, racial riots, a deeply unpopular war, economic dislocations, and growing class tensions. Social policies like affirmative action and school busing affected white, blue-collar families far more than they did the middle class that spawned many anti-war activists. For the most part, it was the non-college-educated working class that served in Vietnam. My friends and I, well, we found ways out. The construction workers and police were also disproportionately likely to live in the area with the same neighborhood. They socialized in similar circles. They were likely to have family and friends in Vietnam as well. Many were veterans of World War II and Korea. They despised the protesters as a bunch of pampered, long-haired, draft-dodging, flag-desecrating snots. In a deep sense, they felt scorned, abandoned by the middle class and the college-educated, stiffed by the clever kids with draft deferments, forced to bust their kids to black neighborhoods they didn't trust and accept black kids into their schools, and burdened by an economy no longer delivering the possibility of upward mobility. As the journalist Pete Hamill observed at the time, the working man, quote, feels trapped and even worse in a society that purports to be democratic, ignored. I didn't see this in the 1970s. By the 1990s, I felt its consequences.